In this holiday season, the Salvation Army invites everyone to love others beyond whatever hardships they may be facing. This Love Beyond the Podcast series features our national leaders hosting conversations with friends of the Salvation Army who have stepped up in support of the campaign and their neighbors in need. Here's a conversation with Commissioner Hodder and Michael Rudd. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Love Beyond series of the Fight for Good podcast, a production of the Salvation Army, looking at faith and leadership from people across the nation who are making a difference in the lives of others. I'm your host, Commissioner Ken Hodder, National Commander of the Salvation Army. And today I have the opportunity to speak to a good friend, an individual who has demonstrated success in a variety of fields. He has been successful on the courts of the NBA. He has been successful as an entrepreneur. He is successful in his personal life as a father and as a husband. And he has been at at the same time a good friend of the Salvation Army. He is someone who is setting the pace for many people, myself included. And so I'm delighted to have today my good friend, NBA and Olympic legend, Michael Redd. Michael, welcome to the Love Beyond series podcast. Commissioner, thank you so much for having me, sir. It's an honor. It's just great to have you here today, my friend. You and I have had the chance to get to know each other well over the last couple of years, and every meeting with you is an absolute delight. Obviously the same here, sir, and uh, thank you for welcoming to to the Army and my family and uh, we just love being a part and, and appreciate you so much. Well, thank you so much. Let's begin at the beginning, Michael. Uh, tell us a little bit about your faith. How did you first come to faith? What were the circumstances and the events that led you to a relationship with Jesus Christ? It's a great question. Uh, I, I actually literally was born into it, sir. Uh, I had no choice growing up. My father being a pastor for 31 years now, uh, along with my mother and and been in ministry for 40 plus years, uh, I was born into it, literally. Um, and my parents uh, made sure that we were um, just committed to being at the gatherings on, on church on Sunday morning and Sunday school and Bible study and prayer night and and, and on and on and on. And, and so uh, our lives were just interwoven and immersed into our faith from a very, very young age. And then when I turned 15 years old, I made a personal decision to give my life to the Lord Jesus um, beyond just piggybacking off what mom and dad were doing, the ministry and their walk with God. Uh, I made a personal decision to give my heart to the Lord uh, at 15 and then rededicated my life again at the age of 23. Uh, Just wanted to go deeper in my walk with God and and recommit again afresh. And so my whole entire life has been uh, committed to, to the faith. Mm, that's a wonderful story. You know, you mentioned that there were several points along the course of your life where you deepened your relationship with the Lord. That's my experience as well, and I think it's a very common one. Uh, as we grow in our understanding, as we grow in our uh, understanding of the world, not to mention our understanding of ourselves, uh, we find that there's a greater and greater need and greater and greater strength uh, found in the Lord. 100%. It's it's an evolution. 
uh, of, of your knowledge of who Christ is. And I, he was different than I was at 15. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. But our perspective of him and our knowledge of him grows uh, from year to year. And so it's been a lifelong journey of just really learning more about Christ. I, I will say this, Commissioner, and, and you can attest it. The more I think I know about him, the less I know about him, actually, because he's always there's always new facets and new uh, levels to knowing who God is. And um, I've just been a seeker um, of the things of the Lord for, for my whole life. Oh, that's a, that's just absolutely wonderful. Now, as you've gone through this evolution, you have met with extraordinary success. You were a huge success at Ohio, the Ohio State University uh, in, in basketball. I have to remember to use the word the, uh, the Ohio State University basketball team. And then, of course, in the NBA and on the Olympics team. How has your faith helped you in this journey of success? Uh, what what has uh, strengthened you in the midst of, of that long and successful career? It's been everything. My faith has been everything. I, I It's been the one catalyst for me. It's undergirded me through everything that I've ever experienced, uh, and particularly within sports and, and, and what we've been able to achieve. Um, I, I often say to people, continue to pinch me. Uh, I stay in a state of wonder uh, my whole adult life. Like, God, how did I get here? Uh, how did you sustain me through travels and, and through the successes and the failures? And it's it, the one consistent thing through it all has been my trust in the Lord. And so it's been the thing that has carried me through my whole career. Um, it, ups and downs, ins and outs. Um, highs and lows. My faith in Christ has sustained me through it all. Um, to say that it was smooth um, is, 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 is not being honest uh, as far as just the trials and tribulations of what you go through and all the temptation around you and the, the intoxication of success uh, or what we think is success. Um, and so the one consistent thing has been God's love, his favor, and his blessings. And I, 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 I am grateful every single day of my life for the journey that I've taken. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. Yes, our faith both magnifies our moments of success and it helps us to avoid so many things yes. uh, that we might often uh, otherwise fall prey to. Have there been instances in your life when your faith has uh, 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 created a difficulty for you? Has it uh, closed any doors that were otherwise open to you? Has it ever uh, been a restraining force in your life? It's interesting you say that, uh, Commissioner. It, it, it's been uh, met with resistance over the years, like the essence of Christianity uh, throughout the, the ages. Struggle, uh, persecution is one of the hallmarks of Christianity, as we know. And so uh, even in the athletic world, I was very bold and, and very boisterous about what I believed in to the point where uh, I would stop being interviewed because of my faith in Christ. I would always give glory to Jesus after our wins. Very bold about that. Um, and they stopped interviewing me. And they told me that some of the reasons why, because of my faith in Christ, I was too uh, disruptive, I guess. Uh, but what happened was, 
God made my games even greater. So where they had to interview me. Um, uh, and, and so, and even in that, I would still continue to give God all the glory and honor, um, for, for the game. And I meant that it wasn't just a cliche to say, or the right thing to say. It, it actually was something that I actually felt and believed in because I only played for the glory of God. And that was the only pur- purpose of, of me playing, um, to see people give their heart to Jesus through the play, through the testimony, um, to encourage people to continue to be strong in their faith and, and, and be bold in their, their faith. So it was, it was definitely met with resistance. There's no question about it. Being teased, being alone sometimes, not always being, um, one that people wanted to be around because of my, my stance. Um, but I've learned that if you can stand for it, you'll see tremendous fruit from it. Um, we've seen players give their heart to Jesus, uh, from that stance, um, it's been a tremendous, tremendous thing that I would never, ever compromise or, uh, or separate myself from. Mm. God's wisdom confounds the wise in many ways. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's my whole life. That's the story of my life. I was the least likely to, to in my life, achieve what I was able to achieve coming from where I came from growing up. Not to me, people had belief in, in, what I could become through basketball. And, um, it was a, the total hand of God that literally touched my life. And, um, I, I've, I've tried throughout the years to give it all back to him and, uh, and give him the glory for it. Well, you've done that in a big way. Uh, in fact, I even heard a story on one occasion that you used your first earnings as an NBA star to make a major purchase what was that purchase so it was a donation to our my father's uh building efforts uh, they were able to get a new facility many years ago uh, because of some of the donations my wife and i had given to the church and it was it was it was a tremendous honor of my life one of the great honors of my life to be able to serve my mom and dad in that regard beyond it being for mom and dad it was for the community uh i knew the capabilities of my father and mother's ministry and how it could serve that community. And so more so for the people, it was, it was, it was a gift uh, of love for the people in that community because uh, mom and dad have been in there for, I want to say almost 20 years now serving that community. Um, they were at a previous location and they moved to this location with the help of the gift, but I was committed to, even when I had no money commissioner, whatever money I had, I got to give, I got to serve. How can I, how can I give back? And not just in monetary reasons, there's time and talents and, and treasure, obviously, but I was committed to that. The first contract had to be an offering uh, of some sorts to, to give back and uh, help people who are in need. That is an absolutely wonderful story. So you literally make a donation uh, as uh, a little boy who had been in that congregation, who grows up, achieves success, and one of your first thoughts is to give back to the congregation that nurtured you. Yeah, it's it's, it's it was the least I could do, Commissioner. And I'll tell you another thing that the 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 walking with the Lord factor has done for my life. It, it never allowed me to get caught up in into fame or my identity be attached to uh, the successes and the fame and the celebrity of that world. Very easy to do. Uh, to be attached and be connected and have a soul tied to that that world, um, but uh, the Lord really through prayer and, and accountability and friends around me 
um, was able to sustain me from allowing that to be my identity to when I did retire, I wasn't fully depressed um, because that was my identity. Of course, I did lament a little bit because that's what I did my whole career. Um, and I was sad that I had to let it go. But um, part of the essence of the kingdom is letting go so you can receive more of what God wants you to do in your life. And so, um, but I never really embraced the whole uh, celebrity fame world. Well, it's great to hear you say that because your faith allowed you to not hold on too tightly uh, to anything in this world. You kept your eyes on the prize, as it were, uh, which is that relationship with Jesus Christ. And you were able to transition from one career to something very different, which is uh, the life of an entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about that, that transition and, and where you have focused your energies uh, in the world of business. Yeah, it's, it's, it was humbling. Um, and it's funny because we all should have the word of God be our compass for life um, and, and, and approaching the new space and the new venture with humility. Uh, surrounding yourself with people who have done it at a high level. Uh, I decided to really get connected to entrepreneurs in the investment world. And I saw a lot of parallels between my career, taking a bet on myself, no pun intended for the podcast that I have, <laughs> uh, but taking a bet, uh, not only on yourself, but on Christ, your faith in Christ, which was parallel to entrepreneurs taking the bets with themselves. And so there was a magnetic connection that I had with with that world and the venture world and, and, uh, the world has been incredible as far as meeting incredible people who've been in that world for a very long time and have done it at a high level. And I'm still a novice. I'm still learning uh, a lot, but I want to make a difference in people's lives. And I have my own firm now, investment firm. And the thesis of the firm is to invest in people to grow companies. And I found that to be true to who, what the Holy Spirit is inside of me as far as investing in people. Um, I appreciate a product. I appreciate market fit. I appreciate ROI and P&Ls. And I appreciate all those analytics. But at the end of the day, I believe if a person's healthy, if a CEO is healthy, spiritually, mentally, holistically, they're, they're, there's a better chance for their business to be healthy. And that's been the focus for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I should uh, note for all of our listeners that if they want to hear a terrific podcast on these issues, they should listen to Betting on Yourself with Michael Red, a terrific podcast. And I have no hesitation promoting another podcast here on the Love Beyond series. Uh, they would uh, thoroughly enjoy it just as I do. And you will be a guest on season four. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to having you, sir. I'm looking forward to that. Now, in the midst of all of this, as you've transitioned from one career to another, uh, you have uh, built a beautiful family. Tell us about your family. Yeah, it all begins with my my wife. Um, and, and my wife has made me become more like Christ than anything else in the world. Um, she has been a mirror to me. Um, for the last 19 years. And uh, we've been married for 16 years, but together 19 years. She's a daughter of a pastor as well. We grew up together in church. I've known her since we were five years old. Um, and so she's a, she's a tremendous lover of, the, of, of God. 
Um, and uh, we, we've been married for 16 years. And then from that union, two kids, 12 and 15. My daughter's 12. My son's 15. Um, we're into that teenage phase now, which is such a unique space now and, and learning all over again how to parent. Um, but it's been an incredible joy to have the family um, in my life for the last 15, 16, 17 years. It's been incredible. Everybody talks about how to balance personal uh, life, family life with uh, business life, whatever it happens to be. Uh, how do you find that works best for you? Well, um, the scriptures, obviously, Paul talks about, the Apostle Paul talks about taking care of our families as a first priority. And everything kind of orbits around my family dynamic, Commissioner, uh, whether it be business meetings, whether it be travel, whether it be whatever it may be, speaking engagements, board opportunities, everything is family centric for me. Um, and so that's the balance. If it doesn't fit within our family dynamic, then I, 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 I can't do it. And so, uh, and that's, that's just honoring the scriptures and honoring the Holy Spirit and, and the order of how God wants us to do things. And so for me, family is everything. Um, I do believe there are stretches where you have to sprint. There's things you have to do, get consent from the wife to make sure it's okay. Because uh, what, what I don't want to ever do is to obtain trophies and successes and my wife not be in my life. Right. It may cause a divorce or it, it may cause the kids not to like daddy or be resentful to daddy because daddy was chasing the trophies rather than being at the ball games or being present with them emotionally. And so for me, I will never, ever, with the help of the Holy Spirit, not compromise going after and being opportunistic without the consent of my family. Mm. You know, I love the way you put that because very often when people answer that question, they speak in, term, in terms of time allocation uh, or they speak in terms of uh, significant events. Uh, but that's not the approach that you're taking at all. And it's not the scriptural approach. Uh, the scriptural approach is, look, first things first, uh, keep the Lord number one in your life and keep your family, which is Lord's greatest blessing in your life, uh, right there next to it. And then everything else fits in around that. 100%. Um, and, and that's the blessing that we have as believers is that we have the word of God that shapes our lives. And I, I know often a lot of things can influence our lives, social media, the culture, uh, can have major impacts on our decisions. But for us as believers, uh, the word of God is our compass. It's our lifeline. Mm. How did you first become involved with the Salvation Army, Michael? I spoke at an event in 2019 that Bill Burke, our dear friend Bill Burke, who's a board member, uh, was at. And I was invited to speak at the event in 2019, October 2019, Salvation Army-led event. Um, Never really had any connection to the Salvation Army other than my father used to get his clothes, clothing from the Salvation Army when he was a child. Um, so outside of that connection, uh, when I heard Salvation Army, I said, sure, I would love to be a speaker and, and participate in the event. And then from that event, Bill Burke uh, was generous and kind enough to say, hey, uh, have you considered being on the board of the? I said, you serious? You know, like what a tremendous honor that would be. Didn't know much 
at all about the Salvation Army and how vast of organization it is and how impactful it is around the world. Uh, my the extent of my knowledge of it was just the Red Kettles uh, during Christmas time, um, which we participated for years. So, but when the ask was there, uh, I was so honored and uh, and prayed through it obviously and, and felt led to be a part. So that was my uh, my knowledge of uh, the Salvation Army. Well, you are certainly one of the most valuable members of our National Advisory Board, which, as you suggest, uh, is a group of the nation's top leaders in a variety of fields, and uh, you are certainly distinguishing yourself uh, in that group. Uh, What's been the biggest surprise for you uh, about what you've learned about the Salvation Army in those four years? Well, I've really learned on how hip you and your wife are. Um, <laughs> the coolest Uh-oh. commissioners Uh-oh. you ever have. Like for all those who are listening, commissioner is absolutely cool. Um, and and I will say this: that the, the the army is incredibly impactful around the world. I, I did not realize the reach globally, uh, all that we're involved in. Sometimes first on site when tragedy happens, when disasters happens. Um, and, and, and the love and the care, um, behind our service is not enough for us to just be there to serve out of compliance, but actually, we actually care about your life and the follow through, um, that the army has. I've been incredibly impressed, uh, like so many others around the world with the army and, and what it stands for. So that's some of the things in the reach again, with the, all the different programs, um, that we have in place. Um, there is not one stone that's not unturned, um, within the Army's uh, reach. Yeah, that's absolutely right. The Salvation Army does so many things, and most people don't realize that. Uh, The the Army is in 7,200 locations, virtually every zip code in this nation, uh, 133 nations around the world, uh, doing whatever that community, individual community, needs to have done and doing it in the name of Christ. So the Army looks a little different Everywhere you go, uh, but it's always motivated by the same mission. Uh, that mission, uh, which you know well, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and meet human needs in his name without discrimination. Uh, that, uh, that gives us enormous flexibility and enormous strength. So uh, I'm just so glad that you're a part of it. Where do you think the Salvation Army needs to go in this country in the next couple of years, and you don't even have to limit your answer to the army. Uh, you you see human need through the Salvation Army. You understand what we're trying to achieve. You know what the needs are in this country. Where do you think we should set our sights? Where do you think those who care about this country need to set their sights in the years to come? I think just more of a continuance of what we've been doing, uh, our heart towards people. Um, and particularly for me, I think the youth is, is such an important target. Um, and I, I've been vocal about that and, and been very, very interested in seeing how the Army continues to engage the next generation of leaders and young people. So that, that's a focus for sure that, that uh, I've been really intentional about with the Army. Of how do we continue to be impactful and, and have the reach towards young people today? Yeah, 
youth is going to be a critical part. Well, at our upcoming National Advisory Board meeting, I hope that you'll uh, raise your hand and say that's exactly where our emphasis needs to be, because I agree with you 100%. Uh, we see an entire generation, particularly after COVID, suffering terribly from uh, lost educational opportunities, from loneliness, from despair, uh, from economic hardship. The problems that young people face today are vastly uh, greater than they were certainly when uh, I was a teenager. Uh, and uh, we need to do something about it, need to be prepared to help. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, the resources that the Army provides are invaluable. Mental health is another topic of discussion um, for, our, for our youth who've gone through COVID and um, that whole traumatic scene from a few years ago. Um, yeah, that's another another phase. So you're right, Commissioner. Um, our young people are, are the target, certainly for the Army. How do we continue to engage them? How do we continue to empathize with where they are and what they deal with? To your point, even how I grew up, our youth are growing up differently than how I grew up with social media, um, some of the social qualms that our youth are dealing with uh, today is, is vastly different than how we grew up. It really is. It really is. Well, what does 2023 hold for Michael Red and his endeavors in the world? Great question. I really don't know, Commissioner, how to answer that. I, every time I have a plan in life, uh, God just kind of crunkles it up like a ball of paper and says, that was your plan and, and I'm going to implement my plan. Uh, my life, and this is not what I'm saying, this without hyperbole. Uh, my life is like a leaf in the river um, and it just kind of goes wherever the Holy Spirit wants me to go. Um, obviously, within our businesses, continue to help grow and scale our businesses uh, in 2023. Uh, continue to serve people um, and serve our leaders within organizations. Um, continue to grow as a husband, as a father. Uh, our kids are getting older, and, uh, and there's different issues than they had when they were in diapers that I'm dealing with now. Uh, so those are the most important, becoming more like Christ in, in 2023, uh, which is the, the preeminent uh, focus, is becoming more like Him every day. And then through that, uh, it, it, it may flow through business. It may flow through philanthropic efforts. It may flow through being a father or husband. So I don't really have a, a, a sure plan, but just to become more like him and, and, and kind of go that route. Well, that sounds like the best possible plan. You know, you speak of uh, a leaf in a river. Uh, I think that's a river of God's grace. So uh, it certainly has led you in the right direction so far, and there's no reason to doubt that it will in the future. Uh, thank you, Commissioner. It's it's as believers, that's that's our that's our that's our life. It's it's it's, it's in the flow of his what his will is for our lives. And I, I, I always say to people, I said, I don't have to have to ever pray for a situation to be blessed because it's already blessed if, if I'm in the will of God. And so that's that's the, the focus for me. And and then also how can I be more impactful with the army? I know me and you have talked about some some ventures and, and endeavors that the army's looking to focus on. So looking forward to being part of more of that as well. I look forward to that as well, Michael. We've been talking today with Michael Red, NBA and Olympic legend and successful entrepreneur, a famous podcaster and good friend <laughs> of the Salvation Army.
Thank you so much for joining us, friends, today on the Love Beyond series of the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Commissioner Ken Hodder. God bless you, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Tune in for more of the Love Beyond the podcast series and subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.